What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to my speaking podcast. We have a very special guest today. As you know, we've been uh, going off on this hashtag speaking COVID tangent to bring you the facts about what is going on in the world around you as it pertains to all the outrageous protocols that are doing severe damage. As we record this today, it is day 444 of 15 days to stop the spread, just complete madness. And, you know, sadly, uh, it's it's only seemingly taking place in places like New Jersey, where most of the country is open and free and back to normal. Joining me now is one of the champions, uh, specifically when it comes to our children, you know, the effort to get the masks off their face. Uh, her name is Erin Pine, and she is a school nurse who stood up to defend children based on what she was seeing as a result of this endless masking, distance, et cetera, and uh, she lost her job over it. So we're happy to have her here. Erin, uh, welcome to the Speaking Podcast. How are you? Hey, how are you? Thanks, Bill, for having me on. So let's let's start at the beginning. Uh, I, I First of all, I want to applaud you and your efforts, and you and I were talking as we got this thing started off, uh, off air, that most recently, 3,200 pages of Dr. Fauci's emails have been now released and made public, and yep. it's very clear that from the beginning, Fauci knew the masks did not work, literally and specifically said uh, the mask opening is too large and the virus is too small to stop it. Mm -hmm. So the entire uh, narrative of masking to stop the spread of the virus has been totally debunked uh, as if we needed to even see this latest from Fauci. We've seen it from the Danish mask study. We've seen it from the results in Sweden. We saw it when Georgia reopened their schools in the late spring. We've seen Florida, Texas, et cetera. Uh, we've seen it with the comparison of a thousand plus counties in America that have mask mandates versus the counties that didn't. No, uh, no difference. So we've known this. But right. here we are in New Jersey, and the kids are being forced to not only wear masks in school, but the governor is saying they'll be forced to wear masks come next September. So let's go back to your school, your situation, and let's start with what were you seeing as a result of this all-day masking with kids? Yeah, so everything you said is absolutely correct. I mean, we look at the studies that have been put out. There's there's tons of them all showing the same thing that we already know and what Fauci apparently knew all along as well, which is that these masks don't work to prevent COVID. The virus is too small. It comes right through. You're, you're throwing sand at a chain link fence there. It's not helping. And it, it's hurting these children. And that's what I saw firsthand as a school nurse in uh, Stafford Township School District. I'm How long have you been a nurse, I've been a nurse since 2009. I graduated in William, from William Patterson University. So, so, so almost about almost a dozen years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you're talking about? Okay. Anyway, go ahead. So, Sorry to 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm seeing, I was seeing these kids come in and they were wearing the same mask for weeks on end. You know, um, the one child that came in was wearing a mask for two weeks, the same exact mask tied around his neck very bandana type mask which was completely filthy he came in because he couldn't breathe in it and he asked us to remove it because he couldn't it had to be what, it was tied around with the bandana was tied around his neck like what mom and dad sent him off to school like that you know i wonder if mom and dad knew about this or not and i can only uh, i did send her an email and a phone call and said hey reach out to me my email was turned off and you know i was fired within a week of that so i don't know if she ever responded or not but you know we all assume that these children have you know a nice home where you know masks are plentiful or you know they have a nice clean situation going on that's not always the case with these children and so these kids, a lot of them are just picking up whatever they have at home and putting it on their face and going to school. You know, the the masks are are filthy when they come down to me. I've had kids with food on them. I've had, you know, masks with dirt and, and completely soaked with, you know, kids that have allergies and they have a runny nose, completely soaked all day long with this mess on their face. You know, I've seen rashes on their faces. I've seen kids with um, uh, infections behind their ears. And on their lips, you know, canker sores. I've had an uptick in strep throat, all kinds of things. And these masks, when you have this much bacteria on them and they're wearing them for seven hours a day or more if they're in after-school sports. And then, you know, this can cause pneumonia, which can cause death. This is not like a, oh, it's just a mask. It's no big deal. This is causing harm. And I haven't even mentioned the anxiety and the depression. I mean, I've got little kids that I was seeing had a new diagnosis of depression and anxiety and children coming to me with physical symptoms from their, their anxiety, you know, from these masks. And it's just the harm being done because of them is even more egregious because we know that these masks are not effective against COVID. So tell me what happened. You, you went to the principal and you, you, you're the nurse. I mean, you're the school nurse. Do you have there other nurses in Stafford Township that you were talking to, or are you the, the primary one? Or were you? Stafford, yeah. In Stafford Township, we have six nurses in the district. There's five schools. And um, each school has its own main nurse, and then there's a float nurse. So I started out this year as the main nurse in Ocean Acres, but I just switched a couple weeks ago to floating. So I would go to every single school. Um, did you talk to your fellow nurses, and what did they say? Yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't want to speak for them. Um, some of sure. them did hold the same concerns and beliefs, but you know, maybe weren't willing to take right. the step that I took. Um, and I can't say why or what, you know, their opinions are, but I can say that, um, you know, my, my concerns weren't appreciated and the, the lesson that was taught to everybody in that district because I was fired and canceled and my contract was not renewed. I mean, it's kind of like, Hey, if you want to say something, you're going to end up like Aaron. So I, I, although I think it would be great if everybody else would stand up who I know believes and thinks the same way about these masks and knows the truth that it's harming children. I understand that some of them don't want to lose their job, you know, or their livelihood or, you know, their pension and their 401k and everything. Sure. So why were you willing to risk it all? And what did you do? You went to the principal and you, you complained. Uh, and and I, my understanding, Aaron, is you went asking for a conversation to start a dialogue. You didn't right. go in and take the mask off and, and uh, throw a tantrum. You, you, you know, you said, I want to have a conversation about this. I'm a nurse. Right. So I messaged my supervisor, who's not a nurse, 
Um, and I let her know of the concerns and the things that I was seeing. I let her know of the different examples that I mentioned to you and, you know, what I had seen with the misuse, the gross misuse of these masks with all the children and staff. And I asked her if we could start a dialogue to come up with some kind of plan because this wasn't working. Um, and that the harm that I, that I thought was potential if we continued to mandate these masks. She responded to me in an email just saying, nope, we're not gonna do that. They're mandated. So we're gonna continue to follow the mandate which includes wearing masks. To which I then responded again and I said, hey, I don't feel comfortable doing that. As a nurse, I know that this is harming children and I don't feel comfortable continuing to mandate this. And I'd like to speak to the superintendent of schools about my concerns about, you know, following. Wait, Aaron, you froze. Let's go back to the beginning on that. Go ahead. So I wanted to speak with the superintendent of schools. I let my supervisor know that I wasn't comfortable continuing to mandate knowing that it harmed children and she ignored me. So she did not respond at all. And I decided after several days of no response that I was going to let them know I'm not going to wear a mask anymore. And, um, you know, I was hoping that something would change and that this would bring a, bring a big light on the problem. Um, and that these so kids tell me, you pull up in your car that morning and you get out of the car, no mask on, you walk into your office. What was the reaction that people had? You know, it's this is another thing that bothers me is I did that several times. You know, um, I, I, I didn't wear a mask a lot of the time and it was OK with everybody. But as soon as I made it known and I said, this is a statement, I let my superintendent, I let the supervisor and I let my principal know, I'm no longer, I'm not doing this silently. I'm doing this loudly. I want you to know I'm not doing this. And, you know, they didn't have a problem with me not wearing it as long as I didn't make it a big deal, you know? No, not not that way. I mean, yes, I had to wear it. They wanted to make sure I wore it, but nobody was gonna say anything to me, if that made sense. So- Yeah, I, well, they were ignoring it, hoping it would go away until you made it a public case. This, the reason why you said, why did I why did I decide to do this? Well, they did this themselves. I mean, in the office, nobody wears a mask. The, the principal doesn't wear a mask unless a child comes in. When a child comes into the office, oh, let's mask up, put it back on. And that's what I'm Total supposed difference. to do. Now, now, do you have a lawyer? No. Um, I did talk to several lawyers, but they are very expensive. And, um, you know, I don't have the income coming in. And uh, I did... Two people created a fundraiser for me, but they didn't. Um, they got a lot of censoring, so they didn't get a lot of sharing. Unfortunately, um, Facebook has taken me down. Um, a lot of my posts down. They've removed my uh, fundraisers. So, it's well, you know, you'll be happy to know I, I joined you in um, in social media jail. I was taken down from YouTube, and it, it took the whole station down because I dared question the kids wearing masks and the vaccine for children who are largely unaffected by COVID. And that's just a fact. And um, I now post all of these on, we're, we're on iTunes and uh, Google Play, but I take the video and I put it on Rumble. And we're working with a New Jersey attorney. Her name is Dana Weaver. And she, um, at the time of the release of this, which will be a week after we record it, uh, she'll have already come on the show. But I will, after we're done today, I'm going to connect you with her, give you her, her cell phone, and you guys have a conversation. Because, um, you know, your fight is our fight. 
And the, the idea, I don't even understand the adults who, um, who think this is okay. Someone called the show this morning, said, you know, I walked into a diner after the mask mandate was lifted and there were two parents, we presume they were parents. They walked in with their two kids. The two kids had masks on, the parents did not. And it's part of what Governor Murphy's, this false narrative about how the only way to get rid of the mask is to get the vaccine. Right. But when you look at the numbers and you realize that the state of Georgia uh, last week had 29% vaccinated, that means seven out of 10 people are not vaccinated, but there's no virus. So mm -hmm. uh, even Dr. Marty McCarry from Johns Hopkins has come out and said, look, more than 200 million Americans have already had COVID. 55% have active T-cell antibodies. They're fighting it. They, that's why they never got sick. So people like me never got sick. You know, I stayed in the office. I've never put a mask on. One exception, Aaron, and this is, um, as a healthcare professional, it must make you crazy. Um, my son got injured and I had to take him to the doctor. My wife was away and they wouldn't let him in. He was 17 at the time without a parent. They wouldn't let me in without a mask. So the mask literally would have prevented my son from being seen despite a serious injury. And I, of course, decided as a dad, this is not gonna be the time to fight the, uh, the mask journey, so I'm gonna put it on and walk in. Funny though, the receptionist was a fan of the show. I walk in, of course, I had it below my nose and we had, a, we had an honest conversation about the stupidity of all of this. And uh, my son is uh, you know, on the mend, but the, but the bottom line is, what I don't understand is why the medical community uh, especially nurses who work with children every day, pediatricians, school nurses, why they folded so quickly on an issue that is so obvious. I'm not a doctor, but I, I mean, literally thousands and thousands and thousands of doctors and nurses coming out saying, guys, the masks don't work. If anything, you're causing a generation of children to have anxiety and fear about one another. You're, you're dehumanizing them. Caller today, a pediatrician said he had an 11-year-old kid in his office. And he asked the kid to pull the mask down so he could take, I guess, take temperature or whatever the doc was going to do, check him out. The minute he turned around to get the, the thermometer, kid put the mask back up. Turns out the kid has not left the house in a year. In I a blame year. the parents on that. It's terrible. Oh, I mean, that's what's happening. These people are like, I mean, is it? are they brainwashed? Are, they're just so deceived. They are so deceived in the narrative and they believe so much of whatever they've been told. They're not critically thinking. You know, and it's so sad to see it in our medical community. You know, I've had, and I have to say, I have had tons of nurses and doctors, psychiatrists, all kinds of walks of medical professionals messaging me and, and being awake and knowing that this is really ridiculous. But I still know that there are out there, you know, these doctor's offices that don't let you in the door without a mask on or don't, you know, the hospitals, like you said, you went and took your, your son to the hospital. You couldn't get in without a mask. I mean, it was, it, to be fair, it was an urgent care. It was a small place, but, but still it made no sense. And, and, you know, we have doctors that I've had on the show talk about cancer patients, children, children, not have not allowed at the age of eight, nine years old to have a parent join them in the room because of COVID protocols, isolating a nine-year-old cancer patient. It, it's sickening. It, it is, is sickening. I'm so angry about it. Um, I, I, so I wanted to bring your story to light. Uh, let me ask you a couple more questions, just so people understand, um, you know, what sacrifice you made. Now, do you have a family? Is your family supportive of you? Uh, what's this been like on the home front? Yeah, so I do have um, three children. Here's one of them. He's hey, how are you, buddy? Uh, this is my youngest. I have six, 10, and 12-year-old. And, um, you know, 
it's, and I'm married, I have a husband. Uh, I do have a good support system there. I've had, you know, a lot of people, I've got like a new support system now. I mean, all these people that have just come out to support me and be, you know, emotionally available for me, um, which is great. Um, but yeah, this is, this is a sacrifice that, you know, unfortunately is going to be a long-term sacrifice because I had planned to, to continue this job for years that, you know, um, I wasn't tenured, so they are able to just cancel my position. So now I won't be, they also canceled my summer position, which I had, um, set up. So, you know, I did find out that they are going to return my pay for this year. So they backtracked and, um, until June. So that's good, at least. Um, well, to- I'd like to see you soon to get your job back. And uh, we have an attorney that might be able to take the case. I'm going to connect you. Uh, this can't go unanswered. Uh, what? Uh, let me ask you, uh, you seem really positive and happy. I mean, I, my question was going to be, and I think I know the answer. Uh, the question is, any regrets? No, absolutely not. I mean, I really think that what I did took taking a stand and doing this. I think so many people were like, you know what, I'm going to say something too. And I've seen so many videos of parents talking at their board meetings. I mean, other professionals that are standing up and saying, this is not going to continue anymore. The rallies that I've been to hundreds of people pouring out and support. And it's just, it needed to be done. This needs to stop. Our kids do not need to be having this abuse anymore. The mask needs to come off their face. This is a real big problem. And I just, I'm happy that the spotlight is on it. Now people aren't going to shut up. They're not going away. And, you know, now we have to fight this the forced vaccines that they're going to be trying to do with these kids. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's, it's disgusting. It, it's it unnecessary. I, I have shown that um, not only was it unnecessary for adults, uh, you know, the survival rate in the 98, 99% range for anybody under the age of 70. I mean, it's patently absurd that oh. anybody feels they need this, this vaccine, number one. They also found, I think it was 85% of the, um, of the patients were, were obese. And 80% of the hospitalizations were people with a vitamin D deficiency. So you could argue diet and sunlight could have curbed most of the sickness that we had. And you say something like that, you get canceled. Now, this video is on rumble.com. You can look up my Bill Spadia channel there. So I'm not going to get canceled there, but uh, it's going to be a Herculean effort to get this out. Now, thankfully, um, the radio station has been very good about this. You know, we're up and, and, you know, we've got well over a million listeners. And, and you know, the nice thing is people are tuning in. And our, our market share in a lot of core places has doubled in the past year. So that is because we bring stories like yours, Aaron. The fact that here's a school nurse, you know, an unlikely hero in the war against a, an out-of-control, overreaching government. But here you are. Uh, I pro- I'm guessing that, you know, when you took this job 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when you became a nurse, you probably didn't expect to be as politicized and in the middle of a, a, a literally a global battle between um, uh, governments that want to force you to do certain things against your own will and uh, free people who say, I should be able to make my own choices. I remember my body, my choice. I don't know what happened to that. I don't know. You know, you're right. I mean, who would have thought we'd be here right now fighting? I mean, a mask mandate on children uh, for a virus that they have a survival rate of 99.997%. I mean, and, and to think that we would be forcing in the future a vaccine on these kids 
that we don't have long-term studies on. We don't know how it affects the fertility. We don't know if they're going to have an autobody enhancement disorder syndrome and die from this vaccine in the fall. We don't know what's going to happen with this. And to force it on a group of people, especially children, who are going to be either unaffected or survive, you know, with mild symptoms of this virus is absolutely asinine, crazy, bonkers. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And we have to start thinking and wondering why, what, what is going on here? Sorry, my kid is climbing the counters behind me. No, it's all right. I love it. You, you know what it strikes me, Aaron, is that you've got a normal household. Yes. You've got young kids in their normal. I love Aaron. I see him hanging. I, I, that's it. Look, that's what kids do. They climb on things. We, um, you know, when we raised our kid, my wife, Jody and I, um, we have two children and my, uh, my daughter now lives in London. She's already graduated college. She's got her life that she's building in London. And, uh, and my son is off to college next year, headed to, um, to San Diego. Um, but we raised our kids and I don't know, th this may not sit well with you. I'm not sure, but we decided early on that we we're going to raise them tough and raise them to be independent and raise them to uh, question everything and really, uh, you know, live for themselves. And it started with, we had no child safety locks on any of our cabinets. We had no child safety doorknobs, nothing on the stove. And we forced them when we taught them how to ride a bike, they had to learn how to ride a bike without a helmet. And that has frightened some people. But the point that we were making was, don't be afraid. If you're doing something that you need to have protective gear then when you're seven, I don't want you doing that. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you driving around the cul-de-sac in your bike is not a dangerous activity. So it was little things. And, you know, we learned that my kids didn't touch the stove because we smacked their hand if they did. And mm -hmm. other kids would come over <laughs> and, and play. And literally, you'd have to run around and stop these other children yeah. who grew up in households with all the protective gear. And, you know, I, I think that people have learned over time that, that overprotection is dangerous. And we have now a society of overprotected adults who want the government to put the child safety lock on. So they regulate how many pills they take, what pills they can take, what cabinet doors they can open. Um, it, it's we, We've really... We've really devolved, and it's scary to watch it as a critical thinker. And I, I don't know what the word is. Is it brainwashed? Is it um, just scared into submission? I, I don't know. But I will tell you that um, like-minded people like us are are finding each other. And I have made dozens of really solid friendships among yoga instructors and vegans and people that you know. Here I am a a meat eater and a gun owner and all these things. And you'd never expect the people that we are now joined with um, as not only patriots, but but critical thinkers. So I, I want to really applaud you for what you've done, the courage that you have, and most importantly, the fact that you are still smiling. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I'm really impressed, Aaron. Your kids yeah. are lucky. You know what? It's, um, it's a it's really a blessing and it's an honor to be able to stand up and give these kids a voice and to stand up and do the right thing. And I feel so much better because before, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and I know that this is not right. We can't, we shouldn't be, you know, enforcing this. And I just was complicit in it. And I think that now knowing that I'm not complicit anymore and that I've made a stand and I've said my truth and you know, that this is where I'm standing and I'm firm in it. I, I feel much, much better. Um, so that's what do you want to tell parents as a former school nurse, hopefully someone who will be employed very shortly uh, as a nurse again. Uh, what do you want to tell parents who are, who are suffering? They're sending their kids in. They can't, they, they have no choice. They can't homeschool them. They've, they've got two jobs as it is to make ends meet in New Jersey and they're sending the kid in. And what do you want to tell them? Yeah, I think you need to start pushing back and, 
you know, in the beginning of this, when this all first started coming out, I was saying, I don't think this is the kids battle. I don't think they should be having to go in and refusing to wear a mask, but maybe that's where we need to go, you know, in the, in, in September, if that's, if this is still happening, don't send your kid in September with a, with a mask, you know, Mm -hmm. let your, your kid go to school and fight this fight, get a bunch of his friends together, your, you know, group, get a parent meeting together. We're not doing it. You don't have to comply with this. And, you know, it's harming your children. So stand up, say no more, go to the board meetings, talk to your board members. If they won't change the policy, vote them out. You can get a new board in there and change the policy yourself. And just like I told my school board for my son's school the other day, when we went for a board meeting, I said, there are consequences for our actions. So yes, you think you can't change the policy because it was uh, mandated by Governor Murphy, but you're facing consequences right now just by complying with it. Our children are, are, are having consequences. It's their mental health. It's, it's the rashes that we're seeing on them. It's the, the fear that's being instilled in them. This is a consequence. So we need to start choosing correctly, critically thinking, asking why and saying no when it's harming our kids. So, and I think people are ready to stand up and do that. So hopefully that's what happens in the fall and absolutely do not vaccinate your children with this vaccine. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I don't know why a parent would even consider a vaccine with a kid who is literally not vulnerable and uh, and it hasn't been fully vetted. I, I don't you don't need I mean, even the flu shot, right? The flu shot has a, f, a efficacy rate of sometimes 30 percent, sometimes more. Uh, I got to be honest, I used to take the flu shot. Not even I didn't think about it. If I if it was if I was somewhere where, oh, I can. Oh, I can walk in and get it. Great. I'll get it. Uh, most of the years I didn't take it. I gotta tell you, I, I haven't had so much as a cold in three years, and and I think it's, I think it's mental focus, part of part of just looking at the world and saying you can live your life in a way to live healthy, eat right. I, I practice yoga. I'm sweating out a few pounds every day. It, it's it's you you really can take control of your own personal health, and I I think you've hit the nail on the head with parents starting that resistance because if you're telling your children. Just go to get along to go go along to get along. You're right. teaching them the wrong lesson. That's not what this country right. is all about. And like you said, you know, start teaching your children to that they can stand up against something that's wrong. You don't have to be a certain age to do that. You know, and I know we all want to teach them obedience and to listen to your, you know, the people that are above you. But if the person above you or the person that's in charge of you is telling you to do something that's going to harm you, then yeah. you are allowed to say no. You know, we have to arm our children with knowledge. We have to start talking to them about this stuff. We can't keep, you know, keeping them in the dark because they need to be able to defend themselves as well, because that's, I think that's where we're going is they're going to have to stand up for themselves too. And right now, if they're just going with the flow, doing what the person tells them to do, you know, this is going to end up harming them even more. So we need to educate them at home because this is not going to be taught to them anywhere else. You need to- I'm going to post a link to uh, how you want people to get in touch with you in the piece, but just if you can, for those listening now, uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to either help support you or if they're a former uh, student's parent that wants to answer an email after your email got sacked? How do people get in touch with you and how do people help you? Yeah, so my email is erinnjnurse at gmail.com. They can shoot me an email there. Um, You can reach me on Facebook, although I'm getting... Yeah, not for long. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I get a lot. A lot of my messages get passed off, but um, it's Erin Unmasked, U N M A S K E D, and um, 
that's uh, that's the best way to get in touch with me. There's a job form there where you can fill out your email and your phone number. Okay. Aaron, thank you. Appreciate you being on with me today. And uh, look, stay strong, keep the faith, keep the fight. I will definitely continue to talk to you and uh, let's, let's loop you in with um, the right attorney and, and hopefully, hopefully get some action on your behalf. Uh, but I'd love to have you back on again. Thanks for joining me. Okay. Thanks, Bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.